All right, this is the Sharp Square Podcast. This one for NFL Week 16. Going to be flying solo here, holiday week. Mike is unavailable, but we will have a Mike's ultimate decision this week. I don't know if anyone wants our ultimate decisions, though, after the absolute Zeppelin crash that was last week. 1-3-1 and one against the spread. It's our first one-week, one-win week of the year. Uh, it's what we call the devastating, the big loss, the ones that you can't have. And it's a shame, too, because the entire field has been sliding down the same slippery mountain here. You know, when we were contenders in this thing about five weeks ago, we were nine games off of the leader. And actually, excuse check that. We were seven games off of the leader, had our first bad week, fell to nine games behind. And I thought that that was probably it. We were probably too far back to uh, make up the difference. But since then, as bad as we have done, Three, two, and three weeks. We did have a four and one in there before we tanked last week. The difference is still nine and a half games. So it's one of those things where too little, too late. Uh, but man, any little push, my, my calculations were correct. If me and Mike could have just gone, kept pace, that 60%, that three and two instead of those two and threes, we would have made up a good amount of ground and it would still be a long shot, but we would be in. It's one of the things you have to keep in mind in these contests. It's going to take an incredibly, we'll just call it lucky number to win. You got to be hitting it like a 70% clip, but here's what to keep in mind. If you're 12 weeks into one of these contests and somebody's winning at a 70% clip, the odds that they keep up that momentum without stubbing their toe are really nearly impossible. It's almost like the better you do in the long run, the regression to the mean becomes a heavier and heavier weight. So you kind of want to be in the position me and Mike were in where you're doing good, but you're not so hot that it's some unsustainable luck streak. We were just grinding and grinding out wins, unfortunately tanked towards the end like a lot of people. But I will say this, the money is not out of question not going to be life-changing money, not going to make up for the stack of hundreds I just paid some drywall guy to take all the popcorn off my ceiling, but still could be some money. So we're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep playing hard. I'm going to be running through some picks today. Like I said, Mike's going to call in, going to have an opinion on chain of custody, going to have his ultimate decision. I've also got some categories, one of the ugliest Bettys of the year, and it might just be, might just be the squarest share of square in the history of the share of square. But you know where we like to start? We like to start with our chain of custody. So without further ado, Mike's chain of custody. 
today. Last week, we had Minnesota at Indy in the greatest comeback in football history, which I couldn't care less about, because what's the point of a team coming back from 33 points down to not cover a lousy four-point spread? Which leads us to this week. We can either go with Minnesota laying four and a half, playing the New York Giants, or we can go to the Indy game on Monday night where Indy is catching four and a half fail Chargers. There's merit here, I think, in both games. Both Minnesota and Indy expended a ton of energy last week. So my initial thought would be, well, I think Minnesota is probably exhausted. Um, so there's probably a little bit of value in the Giants plus one and a half. That being said, uh, the Giants tend to play very close games. Um, Minnesota tends to play very close games. I don't know, though, that I could, I could trust Minnesota to cover this. And I don't know that the Giants are healthy enough to score some points playing against Minnesota at home at 1 o'clock. So that kind of puts me closer to the Indy Charger game. And I think what it is here is... Indy is done, right? They have basically, the, the, the season is over, and they are facing a red-hot Chargers team getting healthy at a very good time of the season. Their defense is playing better. Their offense, although stymied a little bit last week by Tennessee, has been playing great ever since Mike Williams and Keenan Allen got back on the field at the same time. All this leads me to say, if I'm going to pick one of these teams, I'm going to go with the L.A. Chargers laying the four and a half points against the Indianapolis team that is looking at nothing but next season. Okay, that was Mike's chain of custody pick there. Uh, You know what, I'm going to be honest with you, didn't listen to it. It was a call-in, I edited it in after the fact, so... I'm just going to give you my opinion. Uh, It might be similar to what Mike said. All I know is it's the right side. So here's what I'm going to say about Minnesota and the Giants. You, You just, you cannot play the Vikings in this spot. This was the first narrative lesson my father ever taught me when it came to handicapping football games any team that has a monstrous comeback win the week before, it's very physically and emotionally draining, very mentally draining. You, it's hard to come back the next week and live up to that level of adrenaline that you had going during that comeback. Minnesota just had the largest comeback in NFL history a week ago, so there's just no way that—I'm not going to say they can't win the game, they can't cover, but there's just no way I can back that team. Uh, It it is literally the 101 in my gambling handbook because it's the first lesson (laughs) that my dad taught me, and I always go by it, and I think it's a good one to go with, so I cannot play the Vikings here. I'd have to go with the Giants. They know how to play games close, but I think four and a half is a perfect number. It's one of those things that if the Vikings get up early in this game, the Giants aren't built to come back. But if the game is a grind, probably better with the Giants. 
game itself is only a lean to me. The game I'm really looking to play. And I've thought about just going ultimate decision on this game, but I think I might be able to negotiate it in. Uh, But I love the Colts plus four and a half. This is, uh, again, an you know, earlier lesson I learned in gambling, uh, but one that really got reiterated to me uh, lately by listening to really sharp people is it's there's the ugly dogs that people bet and they disappoint you and you disappoint you and they get to that point where you're just like, yeah, I can't go with this team anymore. And Indy obviously playing for nothing, substitute head coach, uh, re- the demoralizing loss from last week. It just tells me that the Colts, if they phoned in at this point, they wouldn't surprise you. But they made a move this week to start Nick Foles at quarterback. And that said a lot to me. I if, Say what you will about who would be the best quarterback, who gives them the best chance to win, who's best for the offense, all that stuff. I, I, I'm not even getting into that. But with you don't want to start Ryan. I know there's liabilities in his contract if he gets hurt. You have the rookie Ellinger. And I, you know, maybe you've seen enough to, to know But I would think you would want to see a little bit more from him at quarterback if you were just taking the rest of the year to build for the future. It might be an act of desperate measures for Saturday to start Foles trying to get a spark for the team. But the fact that the Colts are going with Foles over seeing what they've got in the rookie it tells me they want to to win. It's much like when he put Ryan in at the last minute uh, for the Raiders game. It just changed the whole perspective because the team knew that people believed the season wasn't over. And these players, I mean, they're playing for contracts. They're playing for pride. I just think this is a bounce back spot opposite of the Vikings here because for the Vikings to make the largest Come back in NFL history, somebody had to be the team to give up the largest lead, and that was this Colts team. And I wouldn't feel as strong about this if it weren't all on Monday night, because if this game was like, you know, Sunday, Saturday afternoon at one, you never know. A team really could, after a loss like that, sort of just no show on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but. In this case, Monday Night Football, national TV, it's it's a redemption spot. It's a home game. I just think putting Nick Foles in tells me that everybody's all in on this one. We're all in on making the best of this and trying to get some wins. Um, and I think playing a team like the Chargers... Look, you do you do a lot of running in the football. Jonathan Taylor's out. I really don't care this season. The backup's been just as productive, and that's not saying he's great. It's just Taylor hasn't been productive. So you can run on the Chargers. Staley and this Chargers team sort of find a way, especially this time of year. There's there is something about that lightning bolt on the helmet and you know, that these teams, these Charger teams underperform. And I could just see a night where, yeah, they're moving the ball a little bit uh, up and down the field, but 
The Colts still have a good defense. This is just a good spot for Indy here. It's a home run spot. I'll be betting on this game, putting a little on the money line. Uh, I like the Colts. I love it if we can get it into the contest for chain of custody. Now, if I have to put it in his ultimate decision, I think I have another way to go. But before I do that, I'm going to make this decision easy for you. Okay? Just what does your heart tell you? You do this job long enough, you're going to have to make choices. And you don't know you've made the right one until the whole scenario plays itself out. What was it we had for dinner tonight? Well, we had a choice, steak, fish. Yes, yes, I remember I had lasagna. Let me ask you something. When did you make this decision? When you were sitting there eating that muffin? Yeah. Well, we're waiting. For my ultimate decision, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers playing two and a half at home on Christmas Eve playing the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think this one is pretty simple. I got a Pittsburgh team who's playing really hard for their coach right now, who are getting healthy, who should have Kenny Pickett back this week, and a little bit of extra incentive uh, with the Franco Harris news this week and the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, Heinz Field is going to be absolutely pumped up for this game. The Steelers are going to feed off of that. And they're playing a Vegas team who just stole a game in the most wild fashion possible. I don't see how the Raiders get back up for this one. I think this is all signs pointing towards Pittsburgh. I feel like they're going to run away with this game. I love them in this spot. I love the way their defense has been playing, and I love the fact that they get Kenny Pickett back. So ultimate decision, Pittsburgh minus two and a half. All right, my ultimate decision is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys catching six. This line is moving. Uh, it is currently at five and a half. I expect it to move more because Philadelphia, especially plus six, is absolutely the right side here. Take a look at the look ahead line in this game. Game was minus one. Now, Jalen Hurts goes down. That's a big deal because not only is he playing at an MVP caliber, but he is also a very unique quarterback for a very unique offense. So the fact that Philadelphia won't have that to go up against a Dallas offense that's been really successful, that is a problem. But it's not five points worth of a problem because Gardner Minshew is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, and he can run this offense. Now, it won't be as explosive and dynamic in the run game as it would be with Hurts, But Minshew can certainly move around, he can throw on the run, and he can make runs when he has to. And here's the thing with Philadelphia. They have maybe the best offensive line in the league. They can uniquely run the ball. They have a stable full of running backs, and they also have Miles Sanders, who's having an up year. And throwing the ball, the Eagles are loaded at wide receiver. A.J. Brown, arguably best in the league this season, but he is in the discussion. Then they have Smith on the outside. They get Dallas Goddard back this week, possibly. I mean, there's a lot of weapons to work with. And a better-than-average quarterback in Gardner Minshew with an offense he's been working with for the past couple years. And we've seen Minshew, and he's played well. But here's the real reason you can bet Philly. Because Dallas, 
This is not a good spot for Mike McCarthy. Hear me out here. Going into this game, it was a revenge game for losing the first one for the Cowboys, but they had their backup quarterback. Now all things are even. They're playing the best team in the league. They've got to take down the giant here, and it is a good spot for McCarthy because there's no pressure on him to win that game. There's pressure. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I kind of misspeak there. There's pressure for him to win a tight game, but the expectation is going to be reasonable if you lose to the Eagles. Now if you lose as a six-point favorite, it's a classic McCarthy in a big game. Not being able to manage the game correctly. I'm just telling you, I've seen it too many times with Mike McCarthy in these spots. Philly's coaches can outright coach, and sometimes Kellen Moore tries to get a little, little too clever. I'm just telling you, this is not the spot Dallas wants to be in. I think Dallas would be better off going up against Jalen Hurts than have the expectation that they're going to roll against the Eagles' backup quarterback the way the Eagles did to them earlier in the year. If anything, I get the cover, but once again, I'll be betting money line on this game because I think in the end, if the game is close, McCarthy mismanaged it and the Eagles get the win. So Philadelphia, ultimate decision this week. Um, Got a couple categories to finish out here. I'm just going to do two. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to make it nice and sweet here. Let's start with the ugly Betty. You got to take Arizona here. For whatever reason, Tom Brady stock just won't go down. There is always this, the worse he does and the worse he looks. Oh, I've seen so many times the Tom Brady doubters. And then what does he do? He comes back and wins another Super Bowl. Yeah, he's been doing that for 20 years. And finally, he can't do it anymore. The team's not built the right way around him. Tampa can play. I mean, they really dominated the stats last week against Cincinnati. It was it was really just this cluster of turnovers where they kept giving Cincinnati the ball. And believe me, Cincinnati wanted to lose that game. They were, were flat in that spot, but... You know, it was just Tampa insisted on it. At this point, I do think Tampa can win some games. I can think they can sneak their way into the playoffs, and then it's probably one and done for Tom. But they are not capable of blowing teams out. They have no offense. And Arizona, I know they're down to Trace McSorley. But can we all be honest about what we've been getting from quarterbacks in Arizona this year? Kyler Murray signed his $250 million contract and has been a shadow of the guy he was that earned that money. And Colt McCoy, I love Colt McCoy for about six quarters. He's great in the second half of whatever game he comes in for Kyler Murray for. And then the second game, he does great. People wonder if they have the right starting quarterback. And then by the third and fourth game, you're reminded why you've been watching Colt McCoy play backup quarterback for over a decade in this league. Fine situationally, but not the long-term answer. And I know he's better, more talented, and all-around field general skills. He's going to be better than Trace McSorley. 
But how much does the offense suffer? I mean, Kingsbury is a creative guy, if nothing else. They still have one of the top receivers in the league. Connor can run the ball in spots. I just don't think Tampa blows anybody out. This is like a 13 to 10 type of game. You take the seven and a half points here because it's clear week after week, Tampa is laying and more about three points more than they should be because people are still willing to bet Brady on the bounce back. Just got to do it. It's ugly. I know Arizona is one in six at home this year, but ugly Betty got to be the Cardinals. Share of square of the year, right? Who's not betting the Steelers on Saturday night? I mean, first of all, it's going to be about 12 degrees, 20 mile an hour uh, win, and the team from the desert is coming to play. But it's Tomlin in prime time. It's Pittsburgh, if nothing else, motivated to have a winning season so that the streak of Tomlin's uh, non-losing seasons continues. And I just think this is a game fit for Pittsburgh. Uh, You know, they can put pressure on Carr and the Raiders, they get pressure around the edge, but you really got to clog Pittsburgh up the middle or they'll just run on you. I don't think the Raiders defense is built for that, but none of this really matters. It's Pittsburgh is a short home favorite on the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception And not to bring up anything morbid, rest in peace by all means, an NFL legend, but Franco Harris dies this week before this game. Now, you know, a bunch of us are thinking out there, squares and sharps alike, we hate it, but our nature is to say, well, that's a motivational spot for the Steelers that it's hard to almost put an actual value on. I'm sure people better than me can put value on it, but I just don't, I don't see how you're sitting at the end of that game and seeing Pittsburgh celebrating on such an emotional night and Tomlin walking off the field victorious and not thinking, gosh, why didn't I bet on that? Pittsburgh was a short favorite. So, uh, yeah, look, I said last week, you've got a pair on you if you can stomach betting the Raiders right now. I don't know what to think of them. I think long-term, they're a decent team, but I think short-term, they are just all over the place, up and down. Uh, But this spot here seems, I know it's square, but I'd lay the number here, especially under a field goal, and I'd take the Steelers. All right, that is going to be it uh, for this week. Boy, a lot of games, a lot of action. Uh, I'll post the picks on Facebook. Uh, It's The Sharp Square. And happy holidays to everyone out there. Uh, Merry Christmas and good luck and good betting. No, it's good luck and happy betting. See, that's why I need my care at the end of these things.